This podcast is brought to you by Church of Living Waters. Find out more information at colw.info. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Thank you, God. Do these lights right here work for me? They do. Thank you. I got a shadow here. As we look at this, thank you. You know, the greatest heart that I have is a heart of a father. I remember Dale Gentry speaking into me at the age of 17 saying, son, you're going to be a heart to the, uh, a father to the fatherless. And um, we have to see this. We have to understand that we're in a problem. We have a big dilemma here in our world that we live in. And we, as God's people, we have to continue to believe that alignment, that order is going to come back. Amen. It's not, we had a friend of mine speak to the youth and he talked about all the chaos that we're involved in, that everything's chaos, but the Lord brings order into chaos. And right now it doesn't look like it. It doesn't seem like it. It looks like it's chaos, but the Lord is looking quickly to bring order into chaos. And I've been helping out in a prison and I was felt led that the Lord asked me to um, give out Mother's Day cards to any of the prisoners that wanted to send a Mother's Day card. Man, I had a line, a list. I had a, I had a, I mean, I couldn't even buy as many as I needed. I didn't know they cost $4 each. <laughs> I was looking for the assortment of Mother's Day and the, and the little girl looked at me and she said, don't you only have one mother? Why are you trying to get the assortment of them? <laughs> but then when I asked the same question about Father's Day in a group of about 400 men, only one came to me for a Father's Day card. And, um, you know, we have to know this, that the enemy has come hard against the home. We can look all the way back at the very beginning and we can see what he did coming against the son of man, seen against God's son, Adam. It says in Luke chapter three, verse 33, I think that's where it says it's giving all of the, all of the men and all of the son of the genealogy. And at the very end, it talks about Adam, son of God. And we saw how the enemy came into the garden. Let me tell you, many, many years ago, he came into the garden to, to split the family up. But he's also come into your garden to split your family up. That's his number one thing. That's who he is. He is trying diligently and hard to split the family up. And as Roger has always spoken to me and has spoken into the men, that if he can get the man in checkmate, that he can get the family. And we have to know this in many of our homes today, that there are not fathers. Uh, many of the youth that came to Mission Jerusalem, if we looked at it, it's yes on the outside, but yes, it's also on the, on the inside of churches. We're living in a fatherless generation. And in the chaos of what we're living in, the identity in our children are wrapped up in a father. To hear, you have to hear that. The identity of our children is wrapped up in the father and who the father is. And if the children's identity starts getting messed up, which it will in the world that we live in, come on. The father has to speak into the children of who they are. And it's important to speak into the children. And there's a, a place of chaos that we live in, but Malachi 4, chapter 4, verse 6 says that God is going to turn 
the spirit of fathers, the heart of fathers back to their children and the children's hearts back to the father. Can we just believe that again? See, it's going to happen. I'm preaching a message that my dad would always tug at me and he would tell me what I'm preaching today. And he would always say, son, in the last days, there's going to be a group of men that will rise up. Now, it's not going to be men that are going to be from the church all the time. It's going to be a few of the men that have made it, that are still in the church, still pressing forward, that are going to go out and are going to find a broken generation, a broken man that's strung out on drugs, that's in prison. That's all of these places that the world has, has put these men in because of their decisions. And they're going to offer the message, the simple message of Jesus. And that these men are going to be set free of their situation and circumstance. And they're going to bend down and fall down on, the, on their knees and their face. Because they're only going to know that it was God and God alone that did it. And what they're going to do is that they're going to give their whole heart to the Lord. Now, I praise the Lord that there are many different they're Christians in here today. But the Bible speaks very clearly about, about us being disciples, about us being soldiers. And just a few of us in here are the disciples that he's called us that are active and working. Doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's always going to be that few, but the Lord is looking for all. He's looking for everyone that this is just not a tradition that we come to church, but this is a place that we come and we get filled up again to go out to a lost and dying world, a lost generation, and to be light and to be sought to the earth. Come on, are you with me today? So I just want you to hear this, that I'm devoting really a lot of part of my life going out, speaking into men again. I'm looking for men to rise up in this hour. If you've been in church and you've been in church for many years, I'm not giving up on you. But if you're not pressing forward, you're, you're still in the things, there has to be a decision that you have to make. And the only person that's going to make it is you. Well, pastor, you don't know. Yes, I, I don't know everything. But the life that I lived the last eight years have not been easy either. You might see some of the strength that I have. You might see me posting some of the pictures. You might see me moving forward. But I've been broken. I've cried on my pillow many, many nights. I've, had the, I've asked the Lord many times at the first of this, just take me, God. It's not been easy. Nothing's going to be easy in the world that we live in. The, the walk that we are in is called the road of difficulty. It's a hard road that we're walking on. But I'm here to say that at the end of it, and many times in between, the Lord comes. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord comes and he lifts us up. I want to speak just a few minutes because the, the world that we live in is so messed up, so chaotic. We have many, many women that are being prostituted, many women that are being sold in sex trafficking, many, many women. And let me tell you, we can point and we can blame the man. But who needs to rise up in this situation is the man. He has to. We can point to him because he's the one that's financing and he's the one that's doing it many, many times. It's that. But we need the man to rise up in that situation. And we need to ask to be like Jesus. 
when they brought the prostitute, the one that was in adultery in front of him. Maybe she didn't even have clothes on, but there was something about the look of Jesus. There was something about his eyes. There was something that penetrated in her. And she left that day set free. She left that day whole. She left that, left that day free indeed. God, there's a place for you men. It doesn't take many. My dad would say, son, if you have 20 good men, you can reach the city. It doesn't take many. It doesn't take much of us. But we are going to have to be a, a generation that's bringing along children alongside of us. My wife was talking about our two foster sons, Anthony and Barry. Barry has three sons and Anthony has a daughter. And we are so proud of them being fathers. Both of them didn't have a father. They did, but they didn't really know him. He didn't teach them how to be it. The love of Christ, the love of the Father came in through me and Camila and this church. And these are two of the best fathers I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Man, they love their kids. They're speaking into them. They're, they're there with them. They're not going to leave them. See, we have to give opportunity again to the Father. We have to allow Him to come and to repent. We have to allow Him to be set free, to be whole. But then we have to be a people that will start encouraging him as a man again. We have to start speaking into him as a father again. We can't give up on him if he has breath to breathe. Because it's a key that he's going to be the one that's going to help set his children free. We can't overlook this. Yes, God will come to us as a father. He'll use many people in the church, as Vincent was saying, to be those fathers. But there's nothing better than the real deal. There's nothing better than the real deal of a father being restored, falling down on his face, repenting, and then grabbing his bride's hand again, and her grabbing his hand, and then walking forward to start seeing restoration in their life. Is anybody believing with me today? I'm not just speaking against the air. I'm not just, I'm speaking into the air that there will be a men, a group of men that will rise in this hour. And yes, they won't look like the normal men. They'll have tattoos on them. Maybe they'll, they'll be all different types, all different kinds, but they will bow their knee and their knee being bowed, bowed to the Lord will be a serious knee being bowed and they'll rise up and they'll be the men that God's calling in this hour, 11th hour worker, not giving up on on the men here, God wants to use a lot of you. He wants to use a lot of us. I want to speak about what a need of every man today. And I understand that there's a lot of broken marriages. There's a lot of broken families. There's a lot of brokenness. And we can't point a lot of our fingers to the man. Because he's ducked in his role of being who God's called him to be. And I'm believing for many of those men to come back to him. But I'm here to tell you, don't give up on the man that's in your life. Don't give up on him. Don't give up on your father. Don't give up on your husband. Don't give up on your dad. You're going to have to do a lot of things. But first and foremost, you're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to lay it down. You're going to have to allow God, the Father, to come and to help you. He's the one that does forgive. He's the one that forgives us. He's all about forgiveness. You're going to have to start by saying, God, I forgive my dad. God, I forgive my husband. Come on.
You might be saying, and you need to see Roger and Lucy with this because it's a war of who's going to start first. Come on. Boy, because you as a woman, all kinds of things have been bad to you. All kinds of negative things have happened to you. And who's going to be first that's going to say, I'm going to stand and I'm going to bleed for this marriage. Because if neither one of you do it, it's not going to happen. If one of you rises up and says, I'm going to do it, guess what? God will do it. He's just looking for someone to rise. He's just looking for someone to believe. That doesn't mean that it's all going to be perfect, but it means that he's got someone's heart and that he's starting to move and starting to move with power. Every Cajun family, we got one over here, and they're not Catholic, okay? <laughs> Every Cajun family has a special recipe for their gumbo. Boy, I love gumbo. <laughs> How many of you love gumbo? Come on. Every, every Cajun family has a special recipe for their gumbo. And it's all, they always say this, it's all in the roux. <laughs> I got an amen there. I'm like, man, I don't know what roux is, but this sure is good, you know. <laughs> kind of like a broth. It's all in the roux. Um, there's secret ingredients that only, that are, that's in that roux that no one's going to tell you about. And you can go to each one and eat it and think, man. Boy, there's something about the roux. Amen. Praise the Lord. But I'm here to tell you about some secret ingredients that only the family knows. It makes, it makes gumbo good. Amen. But these secret ingredients of a man, and you can say, well, man, a man is not that difficult. A man is, but I'm here to tell you, a man's very difficult. He's very simple-minded, but many times he can't even explain his own self. And we understand Roger will speak about a man is like compartmentized in his brain like a waffle where we can only go to one compartment. <laughs> we can only stay in that compartment. But a woman can be like a thing of meatball and spaghettis all over the place, you know. And yeah, we can say all of this. And we could say that the woman has been created. And yes, praise the Lord. And we have no clue to understand that mind of a woman. My dad would always say, that the Lord made the woman the weaker flesh, because if not, she would have ruled the world. world. <laughs> Come on, women. I didn't hear an amen there. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that much more complicated, much more complicated is the man. At least the woman will touch her emotions. At least she will allow. But a man can get lost and not even understand what's really going on. And boy, the enemy would love to come. I want to give you some spices to put in your roux for your marriage this morning. And if you're not married or you're believing to get married, um, young ladies, I want you just to write some of this down because this is really going to help you. I'm not just giving an out for men. Men have to rise up and they have to take their place. But I'm telling you, women, a little bit of encouragement will knock that man into place. A little bit of encouragement a little bit of speaking, what I'm going to tell you is going to help them align and get to the place that God wants them. And you could say, well, I'm not God in their life. No, you're not. But God has put you in that man's life to be a helpmate. And I'm here to say the men in this day, they need help. I'm going to speak about some spices in your marriage. 
Um, a little bit of salt that maybe has lost its safe savor. Um, praise the Lord for the salt, the salt of the earth in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. The first thing I want to speak about what a man, a man needs. A man needs admiration. And um, some of you men won't even be able to put words on this, but if we start speaking or if you start receiving it, it would start doing something in your life. Admiration is the first important ingredient. Every man needs a wife who will admire him. <laughs> Somebody, I looked at a man and he went like this. <laughs> I know, brother, you don't need it from me. You need it from your wife. Come on, I'm not trying to give it to you right now. <laughs> Remember the famous fairy tale of Snow White. The wicked stepmother asked, she peered into the looking glass. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest? Fairest of them all. A man has two significant mirrors in his life. The first one is his work. And the second one is his wife. Two of these mirrors that he's looking at. The first one's his work. And the second one's his wife. Looking into them, he asks some important questions of identity, of worth, and meaning. He's not out looking for them in many other places if he can receive them in these two places. Both will reflect back to him strong messages about manhood. Over time, what he receives from them will, will spell the difference between a life of satisfaction and a life of deep frustration. Of the two, you as women are the most important over a lifetime in helping your man feel good about himself. And I understand we're not here about feelings. We're here about men rising up and being the priest, the king of their home. But there's a lot of men that need help. There's a lot of men that are frustrated. There's a lot of men. You could say they need Jesus. Yes, they need Jesus. But many of them need you to admire them. Many of you, they'll need you to be that mirror that you can encourage them. How many of your women have had a man come to the Lord because you've believed for that? Anybody? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, you're going to stand in front of the Lord one day and he's going to say thank you. Because that helpmate rose up and says, I'm not going to let go of this man, even though many would. He's the man that you've given me. And I'm going to believe that you're going to do something in his life. Praise the Lord. You know, the thing is, is the reason why the woman's most important, because there'll be times where the job is just a job and I'm just going to get a paycheck. And there's also times where I'm not even going to have a job. So the woman is very important, but he'll want you to be there energizing and stabilizing his life. Um, you're the most valuable mirror in his life. Um, how you feel about him, how you look at him, how you smile at him and draw close to him and tell him. All of the things that you believe in are sincere in. If you could look at him and say this, I think you're the greatest. That's going to make a man's heart just start beating. A man wants responsibility. A man wants to be the head. A man wants to rule. A man wants, that's what he's created to do. But everything's come against him and says you can't do it. And praise the Lord, women can rise up and they can do it for a man. I've never forget a man, a woman coming to me, just like bringing her husband. Her husband was walking behind him and she was just walking to my office like this. 
That man was just going. And she got in my face and she said, I want you to take this man and I want you to teach him how to be the king of my home. And I want you to teach him how to lead me. And I want you to teach him. And I looked at her and I said, okay. (laughs) And about a month later, she comes to me and she says, I don't know what you've done, but I don't like it. Because now he's trying to tell me what I can and can't do. Now he's telling me not to use the credit cards. Now, come on. It's a nice place. If you can rule, a woman will rule, but she's not created to. Praise the Lord that ones that can rise up and do that for a season. But God has created the man, not, not, to, not to be this this a man will know to do this to his bride (laughs) a man will know that i'm going to stand in front of the lord one day on the decisions i make for my family and he would be foolish if he wouldn't go to the bride as helpmate and to hear what god has to say how god can speak to both of them come on amen you receiving anything today Amen. amen you're the greatest when was the last time you spoke that into your husband What was the last time you looked at him and said, I'm so thankful I married you. I'm so thankful. You're the greatest. See, the enemy's speaking into that man all kinds of other things. And alignment comes as you as a wife be that helpmate. We need these men. We need them. We need them in the kingdom. We need them to be fathers. We need them. We need them. I'm teaching a group of 60 guys every morning, 8 to 10, 60 inmates. Most of them have children. Some have been in prison for over 39 years, 40 years, 43 years. Over half of them, um, their, 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 their crime was murder. And I'm looking at 60 of them and speaking what I'm speaking into you today. And I'm saying, men, you're needed in this world. We need you, not only for your family, not only for your children, but for many other children. And see, do you believe God can go into that chaos and rise up many men of God to come out of those places and take over again to be that prophet, that priest, that king? See, I believe this. I believe that, and I don't say this with you looking at me or me trying to lift myself up. I praise the Lord for the children that God has given us. Our children are not perfect. But I believe that Gamila and I can receive a child and we can start loving and disciplining that child. Loving that child and we would see that child come into the kingdom of God. And we would see that child come into the purpose and destiny of that child's life. Now we're not finished yet with some of our children. Amen. We're in the middle of it. We need you. We need prayer. Um. I prophesy a boy's home that's coming into this ministry. I don't know if it will be the church or if it's someone sitting here that the Lord is going to place in your heart. I know that I'm not going to be the one that's going to be working all with the boys, but I'm telling you, I'm going to support it. And I'm going to support those boys. Praise the Lord. The scriptures rarely exhort the women to love their husband. It's not because he doesn't need love. He does. But there is something that he needs more than love. 
He needs your respect. He needs your admiration. The Bible speaks about that in Ephesians chapter 5, 33. We won't turn there. Every husband yearns for the respect of his wife. Roger and Lucy, that's correct, isn't it? You've done many, many studies of, of marriage and marriage seminars. They're trained to work with marriages. And if you're a marriage here and you need help, you need to see this couple because they have an anointing for marriages. But they'll tell you right away that a man needs the respect of his wife. Well, you might say, wife, well, he doesn't deserve it. And there's probably things he's done that he doesn't deserve. But there has to be a time of repentance. There has to be a time of allowing him to rise again. If his wife fails to give him this, inside he will feel a deep sense of loss. Nothing can compensate for this loss. Support that brings us to the second secret. I just want to speak this ingredient is support. A man has to have support. We're not talking about financial support here, but a crucial kind of personal and emotional support. Every man needs to know his wife stands with him. In Proverbs chapter 31, it talks about a woman. It talks about a wife, a wife that pleases his man. A man that finds a wife, what does he find, man? Everything, praise the Lord. He finds a good thing. If you want to be an excellent wife, the sort of wife in the scriptures praises, you'll want to encourage your husband. You'll want to be his most loyal supporter. You'll cheer him on, back him, and inspire him to to near heights and believe in him. He will have no doubt that you believe in him. I believe your man will especially need your support in three very practical areas. The first, your husband needs your support in his work, in his job. Work is the one way that he has defining himself. So how you feel about his work translates in his mind into how you feel about him. If you encourage and back him in his work, you support him and you energize him. But suppose you care a little bit about what he does for a living. Suppose you make no effort to even understand um, the pressures he's under. Suppose you um, resent the work that he does or maybe even compete with him through your own career. Um, Through any of these attitudes, you'll knock the props out from underneath your husband and stir his insecurity. And um, some of you wife were saying, man, I wish you would have spoke like this on Mother's Day. (laughs) I can't speak like this because a woman's created to respond. And if a man loves a woman like Christ loves the church, it all aligns itself. But if there's some things going on in that man, we can't give up on him. Come on, amen? I'm not telling you to stay with a man that's beating you. I'm not telling you to stay with a man that's hurting you, that's running out with other, other women. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that many of you have a good man and he needs encouragement. He needs to be encouraged again. Well, pastor, for many years, I tried to get him to church. And maybe you've just stopped now. Encourage him to come on a Wednesday night men's meeting. Encourage him to come to our house on July 4th and to be around other men. Encourage him. Encourage him again. Don't give up on him. Come on, don't give up on him. A man knows if he's been given up on. Support him in public. 
A second place he needs your support is in public. Come on. Have you ever seen a woman correct her husband in public? Or squabble with him or challenge him or ridicule him in front of people? Have you ever seen a woman roll her eyes? <laughs> Come on. It's a place that men take very serious public. It doesn't mean that a man is moved by what others are really thinking, but he needs support from his wife and family in public. When was the last time you, you put on Facebook, not just on a Father's Day, but just another day, I sure love my husband and I'm proud of him. And boy, I don't know if Facebook is public or not, man. In such moments, this type of woman betrays him at a depth that she might not understand. Public embarrassment cuts a man's ego to the very quick. It ignites him in deep resentment. He may not say anything in these moments, but that doesn't mean that he's not taking note of what's happening. Few things would wound him more than this kind of humiliation. He rarely um, forgets it either in his thinking. There's a story about just such an incident in the book of Esther. And I'm just going to ask you to look at that. Not, not now, but Esther chapter 1, to look at those, that scripture. Um, I thank God that God has placed us together. I thank God that he's put us together, man and woman. I praise the Lord. I have five daughters. I'm believing for five preachers. And when I say preachers, I believe men of God that are going to support, that are going to love. But we also are teaching our girls what we're teaching today, to honor, to respect, to believe in. Amen. I'm believing for men, brother. I'm believing for a whole bunch of them. I'm not giving up on them. And the world has, many have, many families have, many children have. Well, you don't know my dad. He's been locked up for 39 years. He murdered, capital murder. See, I'm speaking into a man's life that's capital murder. He's been locked up for 39 years and he's getting out in six months. And he's dead on the inside. All he does is look down. He can't even imagine getting out. And the Lord has spoken to me to speak into his spirit and ask his spirit to wake up. I led him to Jesus not too long ago. He came to me with tears and he says he's never been as happy as he is now. He's afraid to get out. He's terrified. He doesn't know what the world is after 39 years. But I'm here to speak into him and let him know that the Jesus that he has living on the inside of him is the same Jesus that's here, is the same Jesus that you walk out and you meet. The people that he's brought into your life, he's brought me into your life to love you. Hey, I know a whole church that we're going to sit you in the middle and we're going to receive you and we're going to love you. We're going to accept you. And he looked up at me and he shook and he said, do you think they'll know what I did? The Lord healed him. The Lord set him free. Do you believe that the Lord can use a murderer? We don't, don't have to look far. We can look at Paul. Transformed. See, I believe this is a man 
And many men that represent him are going to be the men. They're going to come out and give everything to the Lord. They don't have anything else. They don't have anything but to give to the Lord. The one that set them free. The one that healed them. The one that delivered them. See, I feel sad for the man that's just coming to church every week. That's just doing his time and not having a relationship with the Lord. And not even caring about what I'm even speaking about, about other men, about men rising up. He's in a comfort place. But there's such warning in the word of God. If we don't rise up and we don't be who we've called to be, there's a warning. Many, many warnings. The Lord is calling men. He's calling them today. He's calling them. He's been calling them. He's, he's given them dominion. That's what he's, a man's been created to have dominion over this world. And um, he's given him a helpmate. And some of you might not have that helpmate, but you start aligning yourself and the Lord will bring you that helpmate. I'm telling you, if you're out looking for her, you're not going to find her. Come on. If you're looking for her, you're not going to find her. You find her by looking to him. <laughs> when you look to him, she'll come to you. Am I speaking to anybody today? You don't want to find the wrong one. <laughs> you want to make sure that it's from God and God uses it. Man, I'm speaking into men today. I got all types of things that God is speaking into me. I'm believing for you, men. I'm thankful, humbled this morning to have men like Philip, to have men like Mark, to have men like Blake, have men, have men all around me that love Jesus and love him with all their hearts. Have men all around me. Yes, there's at least 20 men here. And as my dad said, son, you can go take the whole city with 20 men. Are you ready, men? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because I'm believing for men. I'm believing for your husband. I'm believing for your father. I'm believing for your dad. Right where they are. Well, you don't know where they're at. No, I don't know, but God knows where they are. And he's just asking for someone to rise and someone to believe and someone to go and someone to find and someone to seek and someone to preach and someone to receive. Some of you have asked me and you're, you've heard me talk about a men's home. We're going to have a men's home. Amen. And, and I'm speaking that in faith. I'm out driving. Me and my wife were driving the other night. God, take us to where this men's home is going to be. Let us see it. Let us start praying for it. But it's coming. Come on. The, the baby's already been conceived. And I don't know about you. All women say that it's coming early. When, when's your due date? Well, it's on the 13th, but I really believe it's going to be the 8th. Come on. You probably will have it early, won't you, April? Probably have it early. <laughs> Come on, I, I hear you. They get to a place where this baby's coming. I've never seen a baby not come. Never seen it not come. It's not just been in the womb for two or three years. And then, no, it comes. And it comes when? In the right timing. So the baby's in the womb and it's growing. I felt it kick the other day. 
Now, I don't have a baby in here. Come on. <laughs> I have a lot of food that was in there. Man, the breakfast was amazing this morning. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> I can't let you know other than let you know how much I'm believing and praying for you guys. For each one of you men. You represent many other men. Roger, I'll never forget going into your workplace and being in that small group that you were in all the time and meeting the man that had cancer. But more importantly, I know that he's in heaven now. What I saw more is I saw you and how much you loved him and how much you cared about him. And, and he's in heaven because many did care about him. When everything got pulled out from under him, all these things that happened, there was that group that cared for him. I think, thank you for that. See, a man doesn't have to do much, but it impacts. A man just has to be faithful. A man just has to show up. A man just has to say, here I am. And the Lord will use those men like you're never going to believe. Yes, he uses children. Yes, he uses um, youth. Yes, he uses women. But I'm telling you, he is going to use a group of men. And we're going to see a revival like we've never seen before. And you know what? The great thing about that is the women are going to say, thank you, Jesus. You use those men. You let us be right by them side. You let us be the helpmate and you let them run, God. You let them go, God. You use them in a mighty way. Amen. Let's stand up today. Thank you, God. If your father's here today, I'd just like you to go stand with your father. If, if he's not and you need to pray for him, I just want you to spend a moment in prayer. I know this is always difficult when we do this because, because of the lack of men. I just want you to stand with him. If you have a spiritual father here, I'd like you to go stand with him, especially if he's by himself. Someone that, that has a father's heart to you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's just all close our eyes. I'm telling you, men, there's nothing greater, and you know this, there's nothing greater than have these kids around your arms. You men know that God gives gifts when he gives us these kids. I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of things I'll never forget. A friend of mine named Norman his wife, Grace. They're way up in their years now, just living in, in Europe, still praying for this ministry. And Grace had had over six miscarriages. I'll never forget this story. And on her sixth miscarriage, she was in the hospital, crying out to the Lord, just crying out. And the young girl right next to her, 15 years old, was there having an abortion. Just crying out. I don't know, God. There's something wrong with me. I'll never forget this story.
But to see Norman and Grace raise up an army of children from all around the world. They were spiritual parents, so many. It's like that they said, okay, God, we have these questions, but we're not going to get them answered. We're not going to let this stop us because there are children everywhere that need the love that we have and that we will press forward with that. Maybe that's you today. It's all kinds of things when you talk, all kinds of stuff that goes on. But the Father knows it. He's aware of it. I want to pray over families. Just quickly, if you'd like me to pray just in this prayer. If you're a wife, if you're a a woman believing for a husband, believing for your husband, believing for him to be the man that God wanted him to do, I just want you to slip up your hand. I want to pray with you today. Praise Jesus. You, You start. You continue to pray. You continue to believe. And you just start encouraging him. You just start seeing him. Maybe how Jesus sees him. Maybe sometimes you have to just close your eyes with something he's doing. Just close your ears. Close your eyes. But you don't forget to believe in him. Father, these hands that were raised, God. Father, you know these men. God, we pray against the orphan spirit over these men's lives. God, we call them, God, into manhood. We call them, God, into fatherhood. We call them, God, back into being the priest, the prophet, and the king of their home. God, I thank you for ministries like Roger and Lucy. God, they're going to be swung out there. God, with so many broken families, so many broken marriages, and the truth, God, that they will speak will be the truth that will set marriages free. Ten marriages, 50 marriages, 100 marriages being set free, ignited with your passion. God, ignited with the kingdom. Father, I pray over these men, God, that have their arms wrapped around their children, God. God, I know that as a man, we make many mistakes. God, we'll stand in front of you first one day. God, I just continue to pray and bleat for these men that are here. God, we believe, God, for freedom in their lives. We believe, God, for alignment in their lives. We believe, Father, that they're going to be the men, God, that I'm speaking about God, that's going to, hearts will be turned back to their children, God, and children's hearts will be turned back to their fathers. And we will see in this chaos of this chaos of, of identity in our children, this chaos that you will come into chaos and you will bring order. You will bring a bride. You will bring a church without spot or wrinkle. You will raise up, rise up your church that on this rock, my church And the gates of hell will not prevail. God, we know time is running out. God, we know soon that the eastern sky is going to split wide open and the trumpet's going to sound. God, we know very soon that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. God, we know that's very soon. But in the middle, the meantime, you warn us about hearts that will grow cold. The heart of unforgiveness is the fruit of growing cold. God, let us forgive. 
Let us forgive all oughts that came against us. How many times has Peter asked? Seven times, God? No, Peter, seven times 70. I'll help you. Father, we pray for um, um, the men, God, in this city. God, we pray, Father, for, for groups of men going out and grabbing them by hands and loving them and hugging them and speaking into them and encouraging them and believing in them and fathering them. We thank you, Father, for being a good father. Now, if you have your children with you, just want you just to pray a prayer over them just quickly. You as a father, just speak that prayer. If your wife's sitting next to you and that's who you have, just grab her hand and maybe say a prayer with her just, just quickly. for listening to today's podcast we pray you were encouraged and would love to hear from you for more information on church of living